Get to Old Navy now because this week only there's a new red hot deal every single day. Plus up to 50% off store wide. That's up to 50% off your favorite Old Navy styles. Also get $10 off your next purchase when you buy online and pick up in store. So hurry in and get today's wow worthy fashion pieces at a price you won't believe. Only at Old Navy. Valid 712 to 19. Select styles only. $10 off valid in store only. One time use. Excludes clearance, gift card, register lane items, jewelry. Gentlemen, welcome to Think It Ain't Illegal Yet. I'm your host, St. Clinton. On this show, we'll be playing some poetry, spoken words, and other things about political and social issues going on around the world, both past, present, and future, which will hopefully make you think. Revolution, with apologies to Gil Scott Heron. On this day of June 19, 2000, you name it, the long-awaited revolution comes to you live via the Intitude satellite shortwave and, yes, carrier pigeon from Atlanta, Georgia. There is a parade on the information superhighway as the panther struts out onto the cathode catwalk. Its image is sliding into social media, combusting and fluttering into packets. We here at CNN promise to freeze this cybernetic symbol with liquid crystal eyes, slice it into wafers, and serve it up for communion. So get your wafers at pickaseason.revolution.anarchy.rebellion.snd.something.something-else.bullshit. Under the light of the moon, the panther stalks its prey. The ghetto bird bub-bub-bubs over the water, night eyes green. The panther's bionic ears and night vision scope vision pick up movement in the treetops. It creeps out of the forest to cool off or swim in the pond. They see each other there. And they are shadows in a world of midnight blue and omnipresent coordinates. The silent panther, the ghetto bird bub bub bubbing over the water. They have nothing to say. They bow their heads and turn away. Under the light of the sun, the commentary locusts spill out of their concrete nests, subway tunnels, and fiberglass cocoons. The panther roars as it stalks its prey. The locusts bite into its speeches. Death is not quick. The commentaries gnaw out its throat. The information jackals licked their lips. They split him and split him and split him and split two and split one, scattering his pieces on the concrete in the summer sun. They chew the panther with spiced commercials for sport fluids and the world's most powerful malt liquor, Flatline. Live via wave motion is the revolution you've all been waiting for. The ghetto bird tilts its cockpit and flies away. I'm sorry. I have nothing to say. Everything is entertainment here, and you are required by law to purchase tickets. I am sorry. I'm sorry. The opinion engineers guarantee a heart-rending, pulse-pounding, hard-hitting, thought-fashion, raunchy, racy, rowdy, rat, sassy, sad, slick, sappy, smooth, funky, fresh, fat, fly, and utterly futile. Box office smash. I am sorry. I am so sorry. Grammys are being delivered by the busload. The award ceremony will take place in D.C. and everyone will pay. And it will only take 15 minutes. Yes, just 15 minutes and it will all be over. 
The DVD sales will more than make up for the damages in the special effects. S&D recommends everyone to sit back, smile, and shut their mouths. They'll be right back after these messages. Don't touch that dial. They will shoot you. Racism and bigotry appear when their level of thought is low. News. Republican State Representative John Bennett's office distributed the questionnaire on Thursday as the Oklahoma chapter of the Council on American-Islamic Relations organized its annual Muslim Day at the Capitol. The lawmaker's office gave the list of questions to three Islamic school students who came to his office and asked to speak with him. Quote, the Prophet Muhammad was a killer of pagans, Christians and Jews that did not agree with him, end quote. Read one of the 18 questions on the form. Quote, do you agree with his example, end quote. The questions asked Muslims whether they would denounce terror groups such as Hamas and Hezbollah and whether they believed former Muslims should be punished for leaving Islam. One question asked Muslims if they agreed that Islamic law known as Sharia should rule over non-Muslims. The questionnaire drew a swift rebuke from civil rights groups and Oklahoma's CARE chapter, which represents about 40,000 Oklahoma residents who are Muslims. Nobody should be vetted with stupid, Islamophobic, hateful, bigoted questions before they can meet with their representative, said Adam Soltani, the executive director of CARE Oklahoma. Bennett did not return a message seeking comment on the questionnaire on Saturday. The lawmaker has previously referred to Islam as, quote, a cancer in our nation that needs to be cut out, end quote. At an interim study Bennett convened in October to study the religion, he suggested that care and a local imam were terrorists. Recently, Bennett came under fire when he posted a news story on Facebook critical of Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton and added two words, firing squad. It's frustrating that Representative Bennett keeps pressing the issue in the way he does, said Anna Fashi, the Government Affairs Director for CARE Oklahoma. It certainly is frustrating, but it's not surprising. Associated Press, source independent.co.uk, comment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us in Surah Ali Imran, <laughs> O you who believe, take not into your intimacy those outside your ranks. They will not fail to corrupt you. They only desire your ruin. Rank hatred has already appeared from their mouths. What their hearts conceal is far worse. We have made plain to you the signs if you have wisdom. Racism and bigotry appear when the level of thought is low. These are the basis manifestation of man's survival instincts and animals too displace this unthinking pack response. This alt-facts, alt-reality, post-truth president 
has legitimized the very worst of values and racists like Bennett suddenly feel their views are acceptable in the thinking world. The Nazis vilified the Jews, labeled, registered and declared them the enemy of the state. The so-called neocons had their Pearl Harbor moment making Muslims the enemy in their war against Islam. Trump and his acolytes like Bennett are merely reapplying the techniques of Joseph Goebbels, Ministry of Public Engagement and Propaganda, replacing Muslims for the Jews. Everyone has a right to be Muslim, even an American if he so chooses, and no amount of hatred or intimidation can stop that. Islam has come as a rahmah to all mankind. Islam is the enlightened way from the Creator subhanahu wa ta'ala, which protects the blood, honor and sanctity of all within it, regardless of race or creed without the need to stoke up hatred and fear of the other. Islam unites, it bonds black, Bilal radiallahu anhu, with the Arab Umar bin al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, with the Persian Salman radiallahu anhu, and the Muhajireen from Mecca with the Ansar of Medina, cutting through family, social class and tribal bonds. The Islamic Ummah is not built on bonds of benefit or accidents of birth or geography. It is a bond built on the intellectual creed of Islam, that there is no God but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was his messenger. Written for the central media office of Hizbut Tahrir by Muhammad Hamza. Static evolution was begun to end and no path will lend a single red cent save the path that the fort was meant. Though at a point it will bend, make loop and resend, energy back to the point it began. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Our karma set forth, what we doeth we must. We must or it kills us, but kill us it must. Because our time was spent exhausting the vent and thus. The lender that lent, the owner of debt, the blessing of breath, has made an investment and expects what's been pent to flood in the scent of profits. Prophetically vised, a vision revised, rewritten, comprised, assorted, devised, and nearly surmised and categorized, story apprised without a demise was quite simply put a token to all that which has been spoken. Now back at the folk on the balance of power was stolen, lest life to be lived and was told him, a promise unfilled with actions to build and be chosen, then woven into every concern explosive. The tongue is a powerful weapon, but curses and blessings created a mess in the mind and the body was stolen. Just nobody knows it. Thought that role would be golden, but loathing a cold-hearted notion. See, holding back the truth of emotion, the channel's now frozen and swollen. But at some point in the life of a poet, a poet finds himself in a rut. Complacent, grown stagnant, erase it from memory where times went. A record that's... A record that's... A record that... Fuck! A record that... A record that's scratched. Reliving a phrase it cannot see past is the same as a writer who's taxed on his ass. Vexed on a topic, acute microscopic, translucent the answer, no power to stop it. The logic unsounded could be psychotic, playing that record on scratch till I've got it. The feeling on top of is nearly narcotic, searching through bones on optic atomic. Vibration symphonic revealing the object is not to exist on a plane of all sight yet. Which brings us full circle to the point where it's chronic. Now a poet may quit when faced with his onset. An onslaught of dead is still in Agonia, but like a good writer, the depth of a subject is seen as a challenge who suffered an erect it's almost a precept to learn from the last set come to conclusions that simulate knowledge in the midst of the records as records gets messages these hopeless of questions can fill in the vestige of a poet's intentions to finish the best rich yet life continues to push right or forth not waiting for us to make it all work see dreams are the thing 
But that Garden of Eden is a mystical theme and that city Atlantis is the grandest land myth. It's to be sought and not to be seen outlandish. But all that I mean is the reaches at hands with. Should I choose, then I'd have it. But somewhere I get lost thinking my dreams are forsaken. And what cumbersome damage has wrecked with this havoc. What troublesome sanders have surfaced and landed. Is that the left and the right are now faceless. And though they still hold the spaces in my mind. Should I take them when I know the unanimous inanimate ends are devoid of profitable options. And they leave a poet stuck lacking homeostasis. For this day and age ain't far from the places of ancient. Not far from the slave ship, the whip, the cage. And these cases are no longer adjacent to those days at minimum wages. They are the same shit. Can't escape this tasteless pace of changes, changes, aimless phrases, written page mints, dead in silence, bias ages, wasting souls pent. And this waste is piled on shoulders, pounding to hold up, nowhere right to turn left. Can't escape this spaceship, no, I don't belong here, but how to get a hold of those gods I hope are up there, I don't know yet. Dreams are fading quick, from traces to traceless, chase this end to its endless ends and find myself there the unstoppable force tunneling through the immovable object and i thought to stop at forgotten prophets reliving topics from stethoscope to chest harmonics see the hardest of course the hardest instrument to tune and mimic but once it's accomplished and accomplished with lyrics a story unfolds and fades into focus the laborous journey of a poet whose gun stick on project and sees it through to his finish no matter how long it's the project's importance you see there is an end to the wastings of a writer's frustrations where those frustrations are exchanged for a day's pick in the orchards of genius where all meanings are found statements are sound and an era of quest is given some closure as a linear thought is now known to be round for it begins where it ends and ends where it begins and thus was my static evolution. Hiya. Will we continue to celebrate what Martin Luther King has asked us to do? Or will we once will we one day be able to celebrate because we have done what he has asked? There will be equality in economics. There will be quality in socialism, and there will be equality in humanity. Of course, that's what Martin Luther King has asked us to do. So will we continue to celebrate what he has asked us to do, or will one day we actually celebrate because we have done what he has asked? There will be social justice. There will be equality and finances. There will be social equality. And last but not least, there will be human equality. I mean, is it me? Is it me? Because our celebrations of what he has asked us to do gets bigger and bigger each year. And he deserves that celebration. But when are we going to celebrate the fact that we have done what he has asked? And there will be equality in economics. There will be social equality. And there will be human equality. Will we ever get to that place? Because that is the true celebration. Not of what his dream has asked us to do. But what we have done in those fields, especially social economics and human equality, 
and justice for all. Will we ever celebrate that aspect of the dream? Or will we continue to live the nightmare? That's all I'm saying. Because to me, being able to drink out of a water fountain in 2012 really isn't the issue. And it's not something that we should be still celebrating. Peace. Alright. It's the hit, man. And I just gotta tell y'all, you know what I'm saying? This is my political views. This is what I believe the world really needs to hear because people ain't talking about nothing. Everybody understands what we going through supposedly, but there ain't nobody saying shit, you know what I mean? It's pissing me off. So I'm about to tell it like it is. And if it gets me fucked, it gets me fucked, oh well. Fuck em. My hook makes me stay with us, trap something like I'm in Iraq. But ain't no woe, it's cause we steadily toting bags. We living in a dangerous world and that's something that should be known. Cause they year hoes walk in, our subject getting they bring loans. I don't get it, man, this world is super fucked up. We got people on welfare riding around in Lincoln trucks. Then you got straight pennies just so you can pay your bills. And people having to go to church for food so they can have their meals. I don't get it, man, I really just don't understand. It's like we a third world country, something like we Afghanistan. It's really fucked up, especially for people in the hood. But people who think missing one bill is doing really good It's bad when you gotta sell drugs just to pay the money you owe Get through with that and you gotta go get another loan It's like the banks wanna be certain that they just staying ahead They wanna take your house and hell they'll even take your bed It doesn't matter cause the economy is going broke Now robbing a bank sounds less and less like a joke but I'm shooting for change, something like the white Obama But got them things on me, something like the white Osama I'm ready for anything and trust, man, I'll never change I have them close up and no ones that get you from long range Cause this world we live in, it ain't gonna get no better Cause you fuck up and you wrapped up just like a letter They say that we is heading something towards a recession But I'm here to tell you now it's more like an oppression The government don't care cause Bush is still getting his bread And stopping all us in the hood from getting ahead This bullshit man and I'm screaming until I'm dead Or until they try to lock me up in the fed They say it's important to get registered and go and vote but if you a felon, they take that right away, so It's like we gotta do this shit, man, to survive They don't understand that this is how we stay alive This my political thought coming out on this track I believe we need to stand up and bring the hood back So many times we've weighed our potential against the visible Trying to hold on to conversations which should be more spiritual, just you, me, and the word. Put me in the world like it's Bible. We form chance of stimulations, we form wavelengths of vibrations. My equal should be your equal. Sexual sentences creating sequels. See, I'd much rather be the spoken to your visual. I need our sentences to form excitement from the fundamentals that we base on the judgments of going off on a limb without actually touching limb to limb. I wish to swim inside of your vocal hymns to learn your song. 
the notes that form who you are and even from afar i still feel you all i needed was your word those actions those verbs every line touches me in my sacred place my moaning's place my wanting place down south has never been so deep until you put some soul to it add your soul through it i don't need your palms to hold my arms or to stand beside you in this place this moment is our rapture and i'm just trying to capture your vibe so i continuously feel you without feeling you is all i need to feel you when i throw my hands up it's not that i don't notice but that wish that gift to speak to you mentally follow my mind as i sign to you in time when we speak it's like the candle meeting the flame to ignite the heat between the meaning and how the flames dance off the walls that claims innocence to our dealings the sexual healing of your orgasmic organic and mindful motion of your tongue spoke to me like literacy that only we can understand in hopes to continue to mesmerize you with my insight they have conversations not to even mention for it's understood like time captures seconds I carry that your essence in the top of the hour Time is ours This time is ours And would you still talk to me beyond the rhythm that is too high to hear me? Write your lyrics upon me to feed me To nourish my surface, to hydrate my senses Create a hurricane to my brain The molecular to my individual science The equation is mental Monumental passages into my passion To enter my queendom is like a sacrificial savage Just to get to know me Be the paragraph to my climax Dance off me like the rooftop as we collide like rain Shine like lightning when the moment strikes against us I guess you can call that being brain Imagine taking a specific reaction and it's stimulating, causing multiple orgasmic spasms of the brain's infractions. We can talk about that next time. Let the head games begin before it starts happening. It's your baritone that makes me tremble. That's my symbol to know that we are... Good evening, my fellow citizens. This afternoon, following a series of threats, and defiant statements, the presence of Alabama National Guardsmen was required on the University of Alabama to carry out the final and unequivocal order of the United States District Court of the Northern District of Alabama. That order called for the admission of two clearly qualified young Alabama residents who happened to have been born Negro, that they were admitted peacefully on the campus is due in good measure to the conduct of the students of the University of Alabama who met uh, their responsibilities in a uh, constructive way. I hope that every American, regardless of where he lives, will stop and examine his conscience about this and other related incidents. This nation was founded by men of many nations and backgrounds. It was founded on the principle that all men are created equal and that the rights of every man are diminished when the rights of one man are threatened. Today we are committed to a worldwide struggle 
to promote and protect the rights of all who wish to be free. And when Americans are sent to Vietnam or West Berlin, we do not ask for whites only. It ought to be possible, therefore, for American students of any color to attend any public institution they select without having to be backed up by troops. It ought to be possible for American consumers of any color to receive equal service in places of public accommodation, such as hotels and restaurants and theaters and retail stores, without being forced to resort to demonstrations in the street. And it ought to be possible for American citizens of any color to register and to vote in a free election without interference or fear of reprisal. It ought to be possible, in short, for every American to enjoy the privileges of being American without regard to his race or his color. In short, every American ought to have the right to be treated as he would wish to be treated, as one would wish uh, his children to be treated. But this is not the case. The Negro baby born in America today, regardless of the section of the state in which he is born, has about one half as much chance of completing a high school as a white baby born in the same place on the same day. One third as much chance of completing college. One third as much chance of becoming a professional man. Twice as much chance of becoming unemployed. About one seventh as much chance of earning $10,000 a year. A life expectancy which is seven years shorter and the prospects of earning only half as much. This is not a sectional issue. Difficulties over segregation and discrimination exist in every city, in every state of the Union, producing in many cities a rising tide of discontent that threatens the public safety. Nor is this a partisan issue. In a time of domestic crisis, men of goodwill and generosity should be able to unite regardless of party or politics. This is not even a legal or legislative issue alone. It is better to settle these matters in the courts than on the streets, and new laws are needed at every level. But law alone cannot make men see right. We are confronted primarily with a moral issue. It is as old as the scriptures and is as clear as the American Constitution. The heart of the question is whether all Americans are to be afforded equal rights and equal opportunities, whether we are going to treat our fellow Americans as we want to be treated. If an American, because his skin is dark, cannot eat lunch in a restaurant open to the public, if he cannot send his children to the best public school available, if he cannot vote for the public officials who represent him, if, in short, he cannot enjoy the full and free life which all of us want, then who among us would be content to have the color of his skin changed and stand in his place? Who among us would then be content with the counsels of patience and delay? One hundred years of delay have passed since President Lincoln freed the slaves, yet their heirs, their grandsons, are not fully free. They are not yet freed from the bonds of injustice, 
they are not yet, not yet freed from social and economic oppression. And this nation, for all its hopes and all its boasts, will not be fully free until all its citizens are free. We preach freedom around the world, and we mean it. And we cherish our freedom here at home. But are we to say to the world, and much more importantly, to each other, that this is a land of the free, except for the Negroes? That we have no second-class citizens, except Negroes? That we have no class or caste system, no ghettos, no master race, except with respect to Negroes? Now the time has come for this nation to fulfill its promise. The events in Birmingham and elsewhere have so increased the cries for equality that no city or state or legislative body can prudently choose to ignore them. The fires of frustration and discord are burning in every city, north and south, where legal remedies are not at hand. Redress is sought in the streets, in demonstrations, parades, and protests, which create tensions and threaten violence and threaten lives. We face, therefore, a moral crisis as a country and a people. It cannot be met by repressive police action. It cannot be left to increase demonstrations in the streets. It cannot be quieted by token moves or talk. It is a time to act in the Congress, in your state and local legislative body, and above all, in all of our daily lives. It is not enough to pin the blame on others to say this is a problem of one section of the country or another, or to pour the facts that we face. A great change is at hand, and our task, our obligation, is to make that revolution, that change, peaceful and constructive for all. Those who do nothing are inviting shame as well as violence. Those who act boldly are recognizing right as well as reality. Next week, I shall ask the Congress of the United States to act, to make a commitment it is not fully made in this century to the proposition that race has no place in American life or law. The federal judiciary has upheld that proposition in a series of forthright cases. The executive branch has adopted that proposition in the conduct of its affairs, including the employment of federal personnel, the use of federal facilities, and the sale of federally financed housing. But there are other necessary measures which only the Congress can provide, and they must be provided at this session. The old code of equity law under which we live commands for every wrong a remedy. But in too many communities, in too many parts of the country, wrongs are inflicted on Negro citizens, and there are no remedies at law. Unless the Congress acts, their only remedy is the street. I am therefore asking the Congress to enact legislation, giving all Americans the right to be served in facilities which are open to the public, hotels, restaurants, theaters, retail stores, and similar establishments. This seems to me to be an elementary right. Its denial is an arbitrary indignity that no American in 1963 should have to endure, but many do. I recently met with scores of business leaders, urging them to take voluntary action to end this discrimination. And I've been encouraged by their response. 
And in the last two weeks, over 75 cities have seen progress made in desegregating these kinds of facilities. But many are unwilling to act alone. And for this reason, nationwide legislation is needed if we are to move this problem from the streets to the courts. I'm also asking Congress to authorize the federal government to participate more fully in lawsuits designed to end segregation in public education. We have succeeded in persuading many districts to desegregate voluntarily. Dozens have admitted Negroes without violence. Today, a Negro is attending a state-supported institution in every one of our 50 states, but the pace is very slow. Too many Negro children entering segregated grade schools at the time of the Supreme Court's decision nine years ago will enter segregated high schools this fall, having suffered a loss which can never be restored. The lack of an adequate education denies the Negro a chance to get a decent job. The orderly implementation of the Supreme Court decision, therefore, cannot be left solely to those who may not have the economic resources to carry the legal, legal action or who may be subject to harassment. Other features will be also requested, including greater protection for the right to vote. But legislation, I repeat, cannot solve this problem alone. It must be solved in the homes of every American, in every community across our country. In this respect, I want to pay tribute to those citizens north and south who've been working in their communities to make life better for all. They are acting not out of sense of legal duty, but out of a sense of human decency. Like our soldiers and sailors in all parts of the world, they are meeting freedom's challenge on the firing line, and I salute them for their honor and their courage. My fellow Americans, this is a problem which faces us all, in every city of the North as well as the South. Today, there are Negroes unemployed two or three times as many compared to whites. Inadequate education, moving into the large cities, unable to find work, young people particularly out of work without hope, denied uh, equal rights, denied the opportunity to eat at a restaurant or a lunch counter or go to a movie theater, denied the right to a decent education, denied almost today the right to attend a state university even though qualified. Seems to me that these are matters which concern us all, not merely presidents or congressmen or governors, but every citizen of the United States. This is one country. It has become one country because all of us and all the people who came here had an equal chance to develop their talents. We cannot say to 10% of the population that you can't have that right, that your children can't have the chance to develop whatever talents they have, that the only way that they are going to get their rights is to go in the street and demonstrate. I think we owe them and we owe ourselves a better country than that. Therefore, I'm asking for your help in making it easier for us to move ahead and to provide the kind of equality of treatment which we would want ourselves, to give a chance for every child to be educated to the limit of his talents. As I've said before, not every child has an equal talent or an equal ability or equal motivation, but they should have the equal right to develop their talent and their ability and their motivation to make something of themselves. We have a right to expect that the Negro community will be responsible, will uphold the law, but they have a right to expect that the law will be fair, that the Constitution will be colorblind, as Justice Harlan said at the turn of the century. 
This is what we're talking about, and this is a matter which concerns this country and what it stands for. And in meeting it, I ask the support of all of our citizens. Thank you very much. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is Zane Clinton here. Are you a poet or a spoken word artist? Would you like to have your tracks played here? And send it in an audio format to poetry at sanddunradio.com. Poetry at sanddunradio.com. And we'll add it into the rotation. Oh, yeah. If this story wasn't weird enough for you already, it's about to get a lot weirder. Because in this pivotal speech at high noon the next day, Trump says that the president's office itself was illegitimate and heretical. So he said, instead, you're going to be getting a prophet king who's not bound by the Constitution. Rather, this person could tell them what God wanted. In other words, I'm the prophet, do this or else. So he's basically saying that he can make mandates that the United States president couldn't, right? And then as only, you know, totalitarian type regimes can do, Trump officially declared polygamy. And it's not voluntary, it's mandatory, even in the halls of Congress. So there are some in Congress who are not going to be happy for the chief executive to assume more authority at the expense mostly of the Congress. But neither the Democrats or the Republicans want to hamstring the possibility of polygamy, and they surrender. And it's easy to kind of understand why. I mean, during this time period, Congress was composed of a bunch of old men that are white, willing, and nasty. Okay, so Congress was pretty darn ready to do this. In fact, Rand Paul started defending Trump, saying this is what we have to do. I mean, I don't know how it'll turn out, but this is the word of God. This has nothing to do with me wanting to have tons of young wives. It's, It's what God wants, and I really believe that. And he says, Trump is the return of a biblical prophet, and a prophet has the right to a whole bunch of wives. And anyone who makes a move to say otherwise is going to get their heads cut off. And I can hear the atheists in the audience saying, okay, wait a minute. That's not a good position for Rand Paul to take. You know, it's a perfect example of why religion is so dangerous. Because these people thought this was the word of God. But of course, the other potential motivation for this is a lot more human in nature, isn't it? And I don't blame Donald Trump for this either. I just think it's brought out desires and motivations, you know, present in mankind since the very beginning. And remember, Congress was a group of neoconservatives who feed their families with really good upper middle class jobs. And yet at the same time, you know, it was like they never have enough. They wanted to have sex with a bunch of different people and have that be okay. And their wildest dreams come true, right? Conservative Christian group sex orgies. So they're cool. They like it. 
so well. I think that they had been waiting for somebody to do this for quite some time. I fear it sounds like preaching when I speak. I know the smell of rot of which religion reeks and it scares me. I'm just being me. In a world where difference stinks of arrogance, to have audacity of free thought in the face of artificially flavored reality is a sin. So smelly that punishment comes from within. You will implode. The people for whom you march for will eat you from the inside out. They will lynch you themselves in the name of the democratic dreams where freedom rings of lust and thirst and pain. They will justify the dust dunes of bodies that haunt nations with no faces. Where boys that look like my cousin get lost, ground and tossed like boys in bones and meat and boots and helmets and combat gear and babies and mothers who scream like dolphins who scream, who weep and laugh and baby girls who lose good dads to mental genocides and national anthems that will plow them deep beneath flags and cavalry song and yippee kayes while my heroes killed cowboys but if they're white they don't count as terrorists discomfort I'm not supposed to say anything that causes discomfort. I never aim to cause any disquiet. It's just silent is not a setting that's ever worked in my favor. I've missed too many calls to action from the backs of strangers who I hope would do the same if our difference amounted to minor matters such as hue of skin, sexual organs, nation of birth, language of comfort, orientation of love. Someone's brother might kill my brother on the battlefield and I will weep. And I will mourn. Someone's brother might be killed by my brother on the battlefield. And I won't weep. And I won't mourn. His Thanksgiving sob stories won't tear me from reality long enough to be selfless, to think bigger than me, to dream bigger than me, to be bigger than my body, to fight for justice, for life, for forgiveness, for joy, for joy, for boys who kill my brothers, for men who rape my mothers, for mothers who bludgeon my sons, for fathers who slaughter my daughters. Forgiveness and peace and love in all good things. For what does the world expect of a speck of a girl with the weight of awareness awake and in love with each and all of the people that come out of its wake? I love you. Everyone's good to someone at some point. Some days it feels like no one wants to hear what I've got to say. I love you. And every sign around reminds me of the pervasive presence of oppression. I see it everywhere we turn. We've learned the lies, internalized the message that all is fine, that all is well. As hell heats and swells at feet in shackles that they think are free. There's blood and guts in all I see, but I smile and I love. We cook, we smoke, we dance. I fear you think I've convinced myself that I am better. That my shit don't reek of stink and shame of dates with gangs and rapes and breaks of rubber trees and leaves. No sticks and stones on walls and falls of water on stoves that boil and bubble in face of cold showers. And mamas and rusted pipes on winter mornings with silent fathers and searches for self undercovers and picket signs with the claims of others stitched and stenciled across my gum line. I stumble every day and I roll and I learn. Sometimes I write poems about it. It isn't me who has forgotten where I come from. 
I speak from a simple soapbox no inches higher than your own. The difference is only that I love you so much that I cannot be quiet about it. I have the pleasure to present to you Dr. Martin Luther King, demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its dream. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Some of the listeners on the show. There's Poet Soul 30. Raising Vibrations. Stutter C. Creative Culture SW. Miss Taylor Ray. 
Noble Series, Star Fox 55, Kuwaiti British, Leslie Wood, Beatrice, Lauren 2000, Monica Renata, Rudder Die, Ember Gleams Music, Music Means Life, Milk No Sugar, Ishani Jasmine, Awesome Music, Prince Raymond, Deville Stone, Patron Saints of Pop Culture, Jay White, D Angelic Poetess, and there's so so many more. If you'd like to shout, have me shout you out, just leave a tweet to Sand Dune Radio. Oh yeah, now back to the show. Up in these tiny houses, houses, mouths, mouths to feed me after need was paying greed. It is seven, seven, five bedrooms in a tax house. Yeah, if I don't pop up, I got turfed out of my place. It's my rate, we call it civilized. But I see few rich and many poor, few Bentleys and many saw, few suits, yet many cheap and many tall. We measure it on material, money, growth, gain. On a system that is systematically breaking. Wake up from the sleep, even though the sleep is deep. This is the call of need, so please wake up from the sleep. Wake up from the sleep, even though the sleep is deep. This is the call of need, so please wake up from the sleep. Wake up from the sleep, even though the sleep is deep. This is the call of need, so please wake up from the sleep. Wake up from the sleep, even though the sleep is deep. This is the call of need, so please wake up from the sleep. Disturb my rubber knife that we are the picture of a wheel that spins for the winds of the rich elites in bed. But this is not sins, this is my life on my terms, and that is not every few years. I will not pay for you to do the evil that you do. To put more than my scissors in your manifesto. So let go this dark heart, smart ass. I don't care what class you are, what school you attended. From the sleep, even though the sleep is deep, this is the call of need. So please wake up from the sleep. Wake up from the sleep, even though the sleep is deep. This is the call of need. So please wake up from the sleep. Wake up from the sleep, even though the sleep is deep. This is the call of need. So please wake up from the sleep. Wake up from the sleep, even though the sleep is deep. This is the call of need. So please. Wake up from the sleep. We grew up in these tiny houses, houses, mouths, mouths to feed. We after need was paying greed. It is seven, seven, five bedrooms in a tax house. Yeah, if I don't pop up, I got turfed out of my place. It's my rate. We call it civilized, but I see 
Asian man poor Few Bentleys and many saw Few suits, yet many cheap and many torn We match with our material Money, growth, gain On a system that is systematically breaking Wake up from the sleep even though the sleep is deep This is the problem, need so please Wake up from the sleep Wake up from the sleep even though the sleep is deep This is the problem, need so please Wake up from the sleep Wake up from the sleep even though the sleep is deep This is the problem, need so please Wake up from the sleep Wake up from the sleep even though the sleep is deep This is the problem, need so please Wake up from the sleep But they're not allowed to go in there, but Boris is allowed to walk up here Somebody yeah. starts shouting, where's your broom, where's your broom? Quickly, here, yeah. give him a broom. Yeah. He gets a broom and he raises the broom up in the air. Yeah. A broom that has never been used. Yeah. Yeah. Let him yeah. on the and sweep down the street there. And then go this is one of those stories that really changed the world in the most brutal fashion you can imagine. I mean, first of all, let's understand the awkward thing that happened right at the beginning that is almost without precedent. Here's how the United States officially declared Donald Trump to be a kind of a prophet or a messiah figure. And this is something that is almost comical to modern eyes. And now the attitude that people have towards him is that he's almost silly, which I think is both wrong and unhelpful. First of all, let's understand that the people who lived during that time period bought into this idea that they were on the right side and that God was with them and that God wouldn't let them down. That's what makes Donald Trump stand out. He's the one who possesses the power to know what God wants and what God doesn't want. And he managed to do quite a bit of damage with just that. And it's easy to kind of understand why. I mean, historians have basically pointed out that regardless of his initial motivations, this event was like the lighting of a powder keg because you have something during that time period that helped make it ripe for an explosion. And by the time it's done, you know, the country was rebelling against itself. And a ton of people died from, you know, beheading, burning, breaking on the wheel, all the good stuff. And folks, you must have thought if you were living in that era that you were losing your mind. Because in a more logical system, what are the odds of something like that happening? I mean, in the couple of centuries before this period, almost nobody was ever burned for anything. It was very rare to have anybody burned, um, except in some states that are some of the most conservative. Georgia, Alabama, Arkansas, Arizona, then you have Montana and Idaho, Nevada, South Carolina. These are the states where they legally recognize murderous craziness with religious joy and almost ecstasy that the people in the other parts of the country usually don't like. But you don't normally have a Donald Trump in the race. So the United States in the 2020 election changes, we become a theocracy. And, you know, as you watch this story unfold, it would be logical to wonder what did the people on the ground affected by this think was happening. 
But that's exactly my point, folks. The people in this story are us. Think about that for a second. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is Saint Clinton. I just wanted to drop in real quick and say thank you for listening to this show. Whether you listen through iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Plus, Player FM, or any other way, I just want to say thank you. I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Tonight is a particular honor for me because, let's face it, my presence on this stage is pretty unlikely. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves. My father was a foreign student. Born and raised in a small village in Kenya. He grew up herding goats, went to school in a tin roof shack. His father, my grandfather, was a cook, a domestic servant to the British. But my grandfather had larger dreams for his son.
back soon with a new episode. And hopefully, this episode has made you think and want to make a difference in this world. Now I'm going to turn on for the love of poetry and spoken word. And think. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. Get to Old Navy now, because this week only, there's a new red-hot deal every single day. Plus, up to 50% off store-wide. That's up to 50% off your favorite Old Navy styles. Also, get $10 off your next purchase when you buy online and pick up in-store. So hurry in and get today's wow-worthy fashion pieces at a price you won't believe. Only at Old Navy. Valid 712 to 19, select styles only. $10 off valid in-store only. One-time use excludes clearance, gift card, register lane items, jewelry. Get to Old Navy now, because this week only, there's a new red-hot deal every single day. Plus, up to 50% off store-wide. That's up to 50% off your favorite Old Navy styles. Also, get $10 off your next purchase when you buy online and pick up in-store. So hurry in and get today's wow-worthy fashion pieces at a price you won't believe. Only at Old Navy. Valid 712 to 19, select styles only. $10 off valid in-store only. One-time use. Excludes clearance, gift card, register lane items, jewelry.